Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center, with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today. Good morning to you, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Denny. Nice to see you again. As well as you. Have, Did you have a good week? Yeah, it was really a good week. And you did? Were you uh, yeah, at the I was hospital work- a lot? I was. I was working at the hospital. Um, we have a uh, we have a I don't know a dozen teaching teams and non teaching teams, and I was on one of the teams where you see patients without students in residence. You know, we're a teaching hospital, but when I don't have residents and students with me, it's uh, it's pretty efficient, but it's busy. So I I I, uh, I had some long days this week, but I've been off this weekend. Trying to get a little exercise in, help my kid move. That was my exercise. Oh. Moving furniture. Moving in or out? He, well, he, <laughs> yeah, he was moving a little, right? little of both in this case. Yeah, uh, so it gives me great respect for people who move furniture. I've got my knees bent up, it's my kneecap tough. got all bruised. I got cuts. Um, you know, I was exhausted. I think I lost five pounds in perspiration yeah, alone. Yeah, I believe that moving's <laughs> tough. When well, they to, to every architect out there, when you're building an apartment building. Design the stairwells differently, please. And make them bigger. Make them bigger. <laughs> Remember, there's yutzes like me with couches trying to get them up three flights of stairs and turning every landing. You know what I mean? When you're Anyway, that was my week. Well, I'm glad you're back here <laughs> and uh, doing an open line show kind of keeps you uh, in shape. Yeah, I guess. For a little your, bit. Keeps for your me, week of the hospital. Keeps me sore, you know, in my bones. Well, if you have a general health question, that's what we call it an open line show. Our listeners drive the uh, the show either by phone calls or text messages. Uh, I guess tweets, too. I guess. Yeah, I you can tweet me that. at Dr. David Hilden. I do, tw- I do the Twitter thing. It's one way to get a question in, but you have to be very concise, you know. Limited. Yes, you can be very limited, and, and I'll try to get that. So that's Dr. David Hilden. If you put the hashtag Healthy Matters then I'll be for sure to get it because I'm kind of a novice at this. But if you just do it to me, just send it to me at Dr. David Hilden. It'll, uh, I get should there. get that, yeah. And if you're going to be at the Minnesota State Fair, we'll be doing these shows there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. We will yeah, be there. there. That's We're doing both shows from the fair, and they're some of my favorite shows because a lot of you all get to come out, and, and, and um, I'm having some family members actually from all over the country coming to the second Sunday. But I'm going to be there for both of the Sundays at the fair with you, Denny. We're going to do yeah. the show live from the CCO Broadcast fun. Center. It is, it is always fun. Because you do all the heavy lifting. I just kind of sit back and listen. Yeah, I, I just stand and chat with people, and hopefully I can shake your hand. So if you were thinking of coming to the fair this year and you're thinking, well, why would I go at 730 in the morning? I'll tell you why. You can come right out to the show, um, We uh, and I'd love to meet you. And it's not very busy yet. 
It, it starts to get it's, busy. It's comfortable weather-wise. It's comfortable weather. The humidity and heat hasn't happened yet, and the food's all fresh, and the smells aren't quite as fresh yet. And so, you know, it's a <laughs> it's a great time to come out. I'll be out there um, with the with uh, with you, Denny, right at yeah. the uh, right at the station. We're right by the Ye Old Mill. For those yeah. of us who grew up in Minnesota, you know what the Ye Old Mill is, and we're right next to one of the locations of the Mar- the Cookie Place. Yeah, Sweet Martha's. And, Sweet Martha's uh, right there, and there's great coffee at French Meadow right across the street from us. So, if from the CCO weather, uh, Broadcast Center, you yeah. can see the giant slide there. So, if those of you are familiar with the fairgrounds, that's the general area, yeah. right in the heart of everything. Actually, it really is. So, come see. Yes, both Sundays of the fair. Well, the show starts, as always, at 7.30. And uh, I'd love to meet you. And it's going to be an open lines like we have going right today. And folks are already calling in and texting. Uh, here's our phone number, is 651-989-9226. And there's a line open. You can fill it. You know, when we do open lines, we tend to get busy. 651-989-9226. Or uh, send a text like some folks are doing. Eight one eight zero seven eight one eight zero seven. So um, we're gonna um, uh, we're gonna get to the the phones. We got a couple people on, and we have some text messages. I would like to do a little bit of announcement stuff. First of all, um, uh, uh, one thing I talked about last week was vitamins and supplements, and somebody called in and said, "Why aren't you a big fan of vitamins and supplements?" For those of you who want to know more about my thoughts on that, go to the blog. It's myhealthymatters.org. MyHealthyMatters.org, where my latest post this past week was about just that. And then secondly, I want to talk to one of my colleagues who I believe is going to be on the phone lines with us today. So coming up on September 10th, there is a really fun event. And so do you have a dog? Maybe you don't have a dog, but if you do have a dog, do you like to run? I like to run. Well, we're doing a run for to, in support of HCMC's Brain Injury Research Lab. So the, the event is called Charlene's 5K Dog Run. So everybody with, with or without a four-legged dog friend is invited to participate in the event. It's going to raise money for a unique cause. It is Sunday, September 10th, right after the show from 9 to 1030 at Three Rivers Bakers Park in Maple Plain. Now, I've... I've I've asked somebody, one of my colleagues, to call in and help us out with that. So Dr. Uzma Samadani has been on this show before. She is one of the nation's preeminent brain injury research um, researchers. And, and um, this uh, run is in support of her research. So um, Dr. Samadani, are you, gonna, are you with us? Yes, I am here. Hey, thanks for calling in. How you been, Uzma? I'm wonderful, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. So um, regular listeners to the show or visitors to the State Fair maybe have met her before. Um, so Dr. Sabadani, tell me a little bit about what's going on on September 10th with the, with the run. Uh, perfect. So basically, just to you know, sort of summarize, Charlene Barron was a nine-time Ironman triathlete who also competed in the World Championships of the Ironman in Hawaii. She did 30 Berkebiners, so she was a, an extremely dedicated athlete. She ran the Boston Marathon. She was there the year of the bombing. Very, very relentless, you know, spirit, strong, strong woman, great role model for all of us. Um, she was in a training run in September 2016 on her bike when she had an accident and she crashed uh, quite badly. She was taken to HCMC. She had a brain injury. She had a fractured clavicle a broken spine, a fractured pelvis, um, lung contusions, rib fractures. And she ended up um, having neurosurgery done 
Um, we operated on her actually five times over the course of the subsequent, you know, wow. time after her injury. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. But uh, in order to memorialize her and to honor her sort of energy and her drive and her sort of relentless spirit and this idea that, you know, sports makes people stronger, her friends and family have put together this um, fundraiser on September 10th that you mentioned at Baker Park. It's a 5K dog run. And, you know, even for those of us who don't have a dog in the race, we all believe in preventing um, brain injury. So they want to support our research that looks at prevention of brain injury in youth athletes. What and a great story and what a great event. Yeah. Well, so what, what, what's going to happen to the proceeds? What are you going to do? What kind of, t- in other words, tell us what kind of research you're up to lately. So the specific research is actually it's a neck strengthening program to reduce incidence, duration, and severity of concussion symptoms in youth athletes. So we have about 1,500 athletes at seven Minneapolis-St. Paul area schools, um, six high schools and one college, and we are going to be enrolling all athletes, girls and boys from all sports, in a neck strengthening program, and we are going to look at how it impacts the incidence, duration, and severity of concussion. So we're going to look at the people with the most neck strength and compare it to the people with the least and then look at trends in improvement in neck strength over time and see how it impacts concussion rates because there's preliminary data to suggest that people with stronger necks are less likely to have rapid acceleration, deceleration of their head, and they're less likely to have a higher velocity of head impact when they get hit or when they fall. That's fascinating because, you know, we talk a lot about football players and soccer players and like, and there's a lot of emphasis on helmets and the like, but, but I've not heard that before about the, about the, you know, evolving data about neck strength. That's fascinating. Yes. So there've been a couple of papers from University of Michigan, from University of Colorado. And then just recently, yesterday, I tweeted a new study that just came out, um, basically all suggesting that increased neck strength may reduce concussion severity. So I think that this is something that is, you know, it's an intervention that we can do in our kids and has pretty much no downside. And it could possibly even help them with, as they age, sort of their posture in their neck. You don't want people's Mm -hmm. necks to fall forward from too much texting. So I think it has a lot of potential upside, very little downside, if any, um, and something that can be easily incorporated into the workout routines of multiple children. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what's plan. so interesting about your research is that you know people think about researchers and then they're like, well, how does this affect anything? This affects everything. I mean, it, you know, the, the zillions of kids who are active and young adults and adults who are in sports and want to do it safely, but want to you know do it. Um, uh, uh, want to continue on through their childhood and to have an uh, an application of what you're doing to, to that's uh, that's applicable to so many people's lives is just fascinating. Hey, Usma, let's talk a little bit more about the run. It's September 10th, and it's at yes. 9 a.m. at Baker Park. How do people get more information? Can they go to your website, or should they uh, do they just show up that day? Or they can do either. Um, there there are three ways to get information. Number one, you can go to HCMC News. Um, So if you go to the news website of HCMC, there's a press release and then there's a button where you can click and it takes you to the registration website. The registration is through the Hennepin Health Foundation because Mm -hmm. they are directly benefiting Hennepin. Um, The second way is if you Google Charlene's Dog Run and Charlene is C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E, Charlene's Dog Run. 
um, then you can, she has a website, uh, there's a website uh, dedicated for the run um, set up by her friends and family. Um, and then the third way is obviously the on-site registration. Perfect. So, we are excited to have people come. You know, I'm going gonna, gonna to try and make it. I don't do 3K, but I'm going to try and do the, the, I mean, 5K. That's three miles. I, I'm, I haven't run that much in 20 years. Well, the heck I'm with that. Who's my, I'm getting you out there. I, I, you know, I'm coming out there. I'm going to come out there and get you out there to do the 5K. I think you should run yeah, it. So, <laughs> so well, Bernie the dog is going to be there. Bernie the rescue dog from HCMC. So, you know, I, I don't have a dog, but maybe I'll adopt him. Um, but, you know, my, my goal is to try and actually run three whole miles or 5K. So that's, that's a lot of miles for me. That would but be fabulous. We are talking with Dr. Usma Samadani, HCMC neurosurgeon, that's brain surgeon, and traumatic brain injury researcher. We're talking about Charlene's 5K dog run. It is happening. What an amazing woman she was. Um, that is happening September 10th at 9 a.m. at Baker Park in Maple Plain. Um, you can go to HCMC News um, website to get information. You can also just Google Charlene's Dog Run for more information. And I tell you what, I'll make a fourth way to do it. I'll put it on the blog site at myhealthymatters.org. I'll put a link to the registration, and you can have fun. You can um, honor a, a remarkable woman, and you can help Dr. Samadani's lab to um, in neck strengthening. Hey, Usma, thanks for being on for calling in. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, have a great day. Dr. Yeah. Usma Samadani, everybody, I'm from HCMC. All right, when we come back after the break, we'll pick up on the phone calls and text messages on this open line show. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is 81807. 62 degrees in the Twin Cities going for 72 and probably some showers on again, off again. Good morning. Welcome back to Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Uh, Dr. David Hilden answering your uh, general health questions today. As you can see, doctor, we've got a bunch on the phone and text messages as well. Let's see if we can't pick up some of those folks that have been waiting. Uh, Tim and Fridley is first up. Uh, thanks for waiting, Tim. Yes, uh, I have a question. Uh, I was at my um, <clears throat> annual physical here earlier this week, and my RBC folate level was 272. So I've been put on a daily folate tablet, and I'm wondering you know, what would cause that level to be low and what are uh, alternatives to medication? Yeah, good question, Tim. So the RBC folate isn't often drawn. That's not a blood test that we do. Um, You can forget about the RBC part of it. It's just that the folate in your body is best measured when it's inside red blood cells. It is one of the causes of anemia if you have a folate deficiency. So that's the basics. If if, um, you generally just just take a, a, a folate supplement, and um, I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't remember what all the good foods are that folate's in. But that is something that is readily available um, uh, in just a pill form. It's not really a medication. You're just taking a supplement. Now, there are some less, more unsavory things that can lead to hematologic problems. There's blood cancers and the like. But it would be very unlikely that this is how that would show up. The, the very fact that somebody drew, tested you for, for this means you were probably anemic. And they weren't probably sure why. And there's some reasons why you can have um, uh, anemia and one of them is folate deficiency. So that's what I think is probably going on, Tim. There might be more that I don't know from all your other tests that they did. 
But that one's a relatively simple one. You don't need um, what I would call like a pharmaceutical-grade medication for that usually. You simply need to replace the nutrient that you're missing. It's kind of ironic because last week I talked about supplements. And on the blog, myhealthymatters.org, I talk about why I'm not crazy about supplements and vitamins. But what I'm talking about there is for healthy people without a, without a problem, should you take supplements, and I'm a little skeptical. But for somebody who has a specific identified problem, such as a deficiency of a particular nutrient, well, for all by all means, just replace that nutrient. And I think that's what's going on with you, Tim. If you're un, unsure, ask your doctor. But um, I, I don't think you're on any other kind of medications for it. It's probably just a replacement. All right. Very good. Uh, Ray is calling from uh, Minnetonka this morning. Go ahead, Ray. Thank you. Good morning. I was wondering if uh, Dr. Hilden had any thoughts on the Inspire system for sleep apnea, and I'll hang up and listen. That's um, um, a good question that I don't have a good answer for because I'm not familiar with too many um, of the specific um, systems. Um, if, you're, if you're still there, to, um, I don't know what, that, um, what the system is. Is that just one of the mass systems? Are you still there, Ray? Yes, it's an implant that they oh. put, uh, an electrical implant, is my understanding that they put to keep your airway open. Got it, got it. Yeah, I am familiar with that. Um, I, it, it's just sometimes the names I don't know. Um, sleep apnea, um, which is a, not getting air in and out when you sleep, is really effectively treated. But the known things are um, CPAP machines. There are some dental appliances that work really well. I shouldn't say really well. They're effective in some people. It's maybe a better way to say it. The sleep apnea um, uh Um, breathing machines that you use are highly effective, the CPAPs. So what you're talking about is more of a stimulator and um, it's a more of an evolving technology. And and what I usually say about things that aren't in widespread use is that it it shows some promise as best I can tell. I am not an expert at this, so, so take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, but it shows some promise, but it's not yet fully um, ready for prime time. If is maybe the word I'm trying to say, it's, it's not enough people are using them. The, the data isn't out there um, uh, to the extent it is on some of the more established treatments. What I would recommend to people with sleep apnea is that optimize your treatment with things that we know work. That's CPAP machines, and they're quiet and small and portable, so CPAP machines, dental appliances if you need, some t- they were, that open up your jaw a little bit. Those are more established. And if you're getting nowhere and you're still symptomatic and you've done everything that is well-established, then and only then would I go to some of these newer things. And HCMC has a tremendous – We have a great sleep plan. Oh, yeah. I guess. The Minnesota Regional yeah. Sleep Disorder Center, which is a bit of a mouthful, is our sleep center. It's a medically-based, physician-operated, scientifically sound sleep center. Not all sleep centers are. On the, um, most of them are quite good. I know people around the metro area, but our sleep center is very strong at HCMC. Yeah, it really is. You know, Doctor, we, we have to break here in about a minute, and I wanted to get uh, a question posed. But let's do this. Uh, folks on the line, hang on, and I know we have a lot of text messages to catch up. You got one? That should we I, should I take a text? Yeah, do I have some time for that? Sure. Okay, somebody, let's see. Um, here's the one that says, is celiac disease becoming more common these days? It seems like a lot of people I know have it. Um, you are right, Texter, that we are hearing about it a lot more. Whether or not it's actually more common or not, I'm not sure, but we're certainly seeing it more. I can say that for a fact. In the last 20 years, I've seen much more celiac disease. I think that it might be on the rise, but I'm kind of talking out of school here. I'm not sure. We're certainly diagnosing it more. I, I wonder if something in our processed um, diet might have something to do with it. I, it must be dietary. 
Um, but I don't know. But yes, you are absolutely right. We are seeing much more of it. Right, that's why people are looking at gluten-free things. Exactly, right? and yeah. that's what celiac is. It's a gluten sensitivity, and many people are sensitive to gluten, but some have full-blown celiac disease, which is um, uh, uh, it actually disrupts the lining of your mm-hmm. intestine. So I think it probably is on the rise. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you didn't get in this half hour, we'll have time for your calls or text messages here on Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Here on CCO, current temperature reading, 62 degrees in the Twin Cities. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today. You can ask Dr. David Hilton, your host, your general health questions. And as you can see, doctor, a lot of callers, a lot of texters. So shall we? uh, Let's have at it. Good morning, everybody. Let's hit the phones. Very good. Uh, Chester in St. Cloud has been waiting. Go ahead, Chester. Yes, uh, I had a cortisone shot in my knee, and ever since that happened, my knee swelled up quite a bit. It was just very painful, and I haven't been able to get any relief. I've uh, tried physical therapy. I had fluid drained from my knee. I had an MRI taken to see uh, if there was any reason for the swelling, which they could not see, and it's been about nine weeks now. And I'm uh, in pretty rough shape here with my knee. And I'm wondering if you have any other suggestions of what I could do. Hey, Chester, now you said you had an MRI of your knee? Yep, I just had it, and the doctor looked at it and read it. And he didn't see anything in there that should cause my knee to remain swollen, he told me. Yeah, because that, that would be the, I was going to say, oh, you need an MRI, Chester, because you got to figure out what, because if that can see darn near everything, your MRI, yeah. can, that can see every ligament. It can see your ACL, your PCL, the medial collaterals, because if you have ongoing fluid in your knee, it could, it's inflammation of some kind. For, I, you know, I get minor relief when I ice it, but the, then it gets swelled right back up again. It's been nine weeks now. Yeah, what I what I'm guessing is that you have some disruption to the soft tissues in there. In other words, not the bones, um, the ligaments, the tendons, the muscles that are around your knee, and for some reason, your body's reacting to that with fluid and inflammation. As long as it's not infected, in other words, somebody drew out the fluid and investigated that it's not, you know, purulent or it's not pus. An infected right. knee is dangerous. That's dangerous. But you have done that, right? You've had somebody's right. pulled the fluid. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't. They've pretty much ruled out an infection. Yeah. So as long as you've ruled out an infection, you've ruled out any tears to your ligaments that need surgical fixing, I think you're just on a long course of anti-inflammatories. And the anti-inflammatory things to do are, you're already doing them. Um, ice, make it cold. Compression, sometimes a knee brace on there. Um, elevation, raise it. And then things like um, I, uh, ibuprofen or Advil or Motrin, if you can take those. And if you can't do any of those, it is possible to have you know cortisone injections and the like done. But you've already done that as well. So I, I would go a conservative approach. It might be, well, it's obviously been a nine weeks already. It might be another nine. But I would continue a very conservative course. And if that doesn't work after you know, another month or two, you might need some, an orthopedic surgeon to take a look in there you know, with an arthroscopic surgery. I'm not a huge fan of arthroscopic surgery, because mostly because my orthopedic surgeon colleagues don't seem to be huge fans of it. Um, but you, they can look around in there and clean things out, and that's a possibility. But I would, 
I would do that as a last resort because it's not shown to really do a whole lot. Um, you see in a physical therapist, a chiropractor, those kinds of things would be probably a, a good, especially a physical therapist. And you might, you know, do some knee strengthening exercises. But I think you're on a long course of anti-inflammatories, Chester. Good luck to you. At least you know it's not anything awful. Yeah. It's not a horrible knee injury. So at least you have that going for you. I hope it works out for you. All right. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Lil is calling from uh, Bloomington. Lil, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I'm wondering if you can tell me anything about this uh, pulmonary hypertension. Yeah, Lil. So pulmonary hypertension is pulmonary lungs. Hypertension is high blood pressure. So when we talk about high blood pressure with people, we usually mean systemic high blood pressure, the blood pressure in your whole body. Pulmonary hypertension is a separate, distinct kind of um, high blood pressure that your heart is having to work against in your lungs. So it's the blood pressure from your heart to your lungs, a, a distance of just a couple of inches, is too high. And it's usually, there is a, a thing called primary pulmonary hypertension, which means we don't know the cause. It's just something's wrong in those particular blood vessels. And that requires a pulmonologist and probably a cardiologist. You should see, you should see both a lung and a heart doctor. But there's a lot of what we call secondary pulmonary hypertensions. In other words, the, the blood pressure is high because of something else. And that something else is often lung disease, emphysema, COPD, blood clots in your lungs, um, other pneumonias, other problems in your lungs. So again, you should see a lung doctor for those. Because if you have secondary pulmonary hypertension, you can often treat the underlying cause to help it. If it's primary pulmonary hypertension, in other words, there is no cause. It's just all by itself. That's a, a, a harder thing to treat, and um, uh, you should see a specialist for that, um, and that would be a, a lung person because um, that is something that can get progressively worse, can lead to shortness of breath, can lead to right-sided heart failure, and a number of other problems. So if you have, I would see a specialist for these. Don't just like go to your regular primary doctor, and I would see both a lung and a heart doctor, Lil. Okay. Let's see. Joe in Richfield, I believe, has been waiting. Joe, you're on with Dr. Hilden. Yeah. Um, I have a family friend. She's in her early 90s and not very mobile anymore. And she has severe swelling of her feet and ankles. Uh, is that called edema? And yeah. I'm wondering what the long-term implications of something like that is. Right. Um, so, Joe, the edema is simply a term for fluid. It's usually fluid that's in the wrong place. And it's got maybe 20 or 30 causes, and you will all be very happy to know. I'm not going to go through all of them. <laughs> um, but uh, in and of itself, the swelling, the edema isn't dangerous in most cases. It's a symptom of something else. So your leg's swelling, although it might be uncomfortable, and there's many people who have reached a certain age whose legs do swell every single day. It's a symptom of something else. And what is that something else? In older adults, it's often bad veins. It's simply the valves in your veins. And yes, your veins have valves in them that help to get the fluid, the blood, from your feet back to your heart three, you know, that is three feet away. Those valves get kind of bad as we grow older, and so the blood pools in our legs, and then the fluid part of your blood, not the red part, but the water, leaks out into your ankles. They swell up and get discolored in that. That's nothing to be worried about. You just wear compression stockings, elevate your legs, and that's the best you can do. 
Other things do lead to swollen legs, do lead to lower extremity edema. The big ones are heart failure. That's the number, that's the big one. When your heart is failing and it's basically a plumbing and a pump problem, the fluid backs up and it backs up into your where gravity takes it to your legs. So you should, um, uh, one thing to look at is your heart. Liver disease, kidney disease, sleep apnea does this. Emphysema in your lungs, believe it or not, does this. Many medications do it. Some blood pressure medicines lead to leg swelling. So the point being there's a lot of different causes, many of which are, are relatively benign. Some are more serious like heart failure. The big question in a 90-year-old is how much invasive diagnostic tests you want to do, and I would recommend relatively few. You don't want to do a zillion tests um, if it's not going to change what you do. But I would have a simple look at her heart. I think that's a reasonable thing to do to make sure it's not heart failure. And um, some simple blood tests. And then you can manage it with water pills or diuretics. So there's a lot to be done. Most of it is relatively benign. Um, That's what I'd suggest, um, Joe. You know, in a minute we have to break, but maybe we can grab a, a quick text before. Yeah, we, there's a lot of texts, aren't yeah. there, Danny? Here's one that says, I'm on diltiazem, 240 milligrams once a day. How long can this be taken? Is it strictly for blood pressure? I also have AFib. You can take diltiazem the rest of your life. There's not a long-term problem with that. And it is used for two reasons. It is used for blood pressure control, like you are mentioning. It is also used for heart rate control for atrial fibrillation. So it's a perfect medication for someone with atrial fibrillation, diltiazem keeps your heart at a, at a good rate, so it's not going too fast, and um, it also um, controls your blood pressure. You know, this morning, for those that may have missed it, you, you had a chat with uh, Dr. Samadani, and we had uh, about strengthening necks in that particular uh, 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 event that we were talking about, and we had a text about uh, oh, here, a traffic accident uh, with that very. Oh, good thanks reason. for pointing this out. We have a lot of texts, and here's one that says, "Comment on neck strength. I believe it works." Real-life example, our entire family was in a serious car accident hit head-on by a wrong-way driver in the 70s. Seatbelts weren't great in those days. My father was driving. His head went through the windshield. He had no injuries. The doctor said he thought Dad's neck exercises and muscles were the reason. Dad used to lift weights, including some hanging from a wrap from his head and neck. We all survived. Um, uh, And then, oh, oh, we all survived, by the way. Well, that's a great story, you know, because if you missed the first part of the show, Dr. Usma Samadani, one of our brain injury researchers, is doing some really cool research on, on neck strengthening as a way to lessen the incidence and severity of brain injury in athletes particularly. And we talked about the Charlene's 5K dog run, with or without your dog. It's on September 10th at uh, Baker's um, Park in Maple Plain. Um, so thank you for that text message. Um, I, I, I believe that. You're in a bad car accident. Your head's snapping all over the place. And if you have a strong neck like yeah. this uh, texter's father, it probably helped uh, lessen injury. Well, thanks for that uh, input. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We have more show to come here. It's an open line show on today's uh, Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Light rain now falling in the Twin Cities. Our temperature reading 62. We may hit 72 degrees, but more rain is on the way for the Twin Cities. We'll be right back. And good morning. Welcome back to Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. It's an open line show today. And by the way, we'll be doing uh, both Sundays at the fair, both open line shows. Do you want me to sing that song? Our state fair is a great state. Oh, Hammer's over there. He's shaking his head back and forth. Please don't subject us to your voice. (laughs) We'll have to do another health show. Hammer's a smart (laughs) <laughs> Greg, you're a smart guy. I'm All not right. going to read. I'm not going to sing anymore. Can I go to some sure, text? Let's do that. All right. Some of these that came earlier in the show. 
What specialist do you suggest I see for slipping rib syndrome? It's causing pain and costochondritis. That's a great question because I've never seen slipping rib syndrome in my whole life. Um, I believe it is where your ribs are just kind of loose in there, particularly on the bottom and the cartilage is causing pain. I'm not going to be able to answer that very well, but I would recommend conservative things. When I say conservative, not invasive. I would go with a physical therapist, maybe some injections by an orthopedic surgeon. You want to know what specialist I would see? I think I'd go to an orthopedic surgeon, but I haven't seen that before ever. Here's someone says, ever hear of knee pads? I wonder. What, oh, because I was talking about moving my son and I bashed oh, up my knee. And, yes. Thank you. Yep, I'm an idiot. I should have worn some protective gear like knee pads. Here's one that says, morning on my third week of a summer cold. Am I still contagious? How much longer will it last? It's hard to say how long you're contagious with colds because the viruses mutate and there's different ones. And as long, and so you're kind of always contagious with a cold. Like if you're coughing and sneezing, assume you're contagious. But contagious is – it's not like you've got tuberculosis. You have a common cold. So I would just wash your hands a lot and cover your cough, cover your sneeze. Um, anything that lasts three or four weeks is not likely just your average common cold. You've probably got a little something worse. Should we go back to the phone? Sure. Definitely. All right. Bob in Monticello has been waiting. Go ahead, Bob. Yes. Uh, I'm calling about uh, a problem my wife has. Um, she had a – started with a headache about two years ago, and the headache started in the occipital nerve on the left side and went up over her head into her left eye. And uh, then about, I don't know, maybe six months later, she had an event where – the left side of her body went uh, numb and tingly. MRI said it was not a stroke. But we've been dealing with this headache uh, and, and for some time. The, the numb and tingly kind of abated, but this past week or so, it's come back like gangbusters. Did, 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 Bob, did they say the, the nerve was pinched in her neck? No. They didn't comment on that? No. Because I think it's great that you have the um, that you've ruled out a stroke. It doesn't sound like it was likely a stroke from her symptoms, but it does very much sound like a, neur- a neurologic thing. And sometimes they can see that on the MRIs, uh, but they didn't in your case. It sounds no. like. Uh huh. And uh, we've been dealing with a neurologist, and it's you know changing, trying different medications, and uh, nothing seems to work. Yeah. Does your, your that's a hard one? Does your neurologist have any other ideas? Well, the last thing we, she said was, uh, if uh, if this doesn't help, the last medication we tried, maybe we'd go to a pain management session. Uh, yeah, so that's what I was going to suggest. What you probably or what she probably needs is some, um, you know, something a little stronger to get her through the acute pain issues. This will likely calm down, but maybe something for a week or so to just really give her some relief. And then um, maybe um, transition to a longer-term pain control strategy. Uh, it's these are kind of hard ones. Your nerve or her nerve is acting up. It's irritated. It's causing her to have headaches and all the way up to her eye. You know that's that's your the nerve is sending off sig- signals. So a pain control strategy that 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 treats neuropathic pain is probably your best bet. I was going to say make sure she's seeing a neurologist or a headache specialist. But this one might be kind of a longer haul for her as that nerve slowly regenerates, as the inflammation comes down. And everything with nerve problems take longer to heal. It's one of the one of the, kind of the truisms of medicine. If you've got a nerve that is injured or irritated, it always takes a while. So it might it might be a while. Um, but as long as you're seeing a neurologist, it doesn't sound like she's got anything horrible, like that because you've done the MRIs. But it might be a little bit of a haul for you. Good luck to you, Bob. I'm sorry I don't have much more than that, but to see a good neurologist. Now, here's a, maybe a related call from Marion and Ramsey. Go ahead, Marion. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Marion. 
Um, back in 2010, out of the blue, I started having pain in my right leg. Not sharp and not consistent. Varies in a, you know, what it feels like. But I was told at one point that it's a pinched nerve. Yeah. So wouldn't a pinched nerve be constant? Not necessarily, um, Mary. You know, a pinched nerve can come and go. Um, you've got uh, um, lots of the nerves um, are come out of your spinal um, column, and sometimes there's just inflammation. Sometimes a disc is pinching a nerve, and discs kind of can bulge out, and then they can go back in. And so um, the only time we worry about the – well, here are the things you should worry about whenever you've got neurologic symptoms. If you have um, – a weakness in a limb, like you can't walk. If you have bowel or bladder problems, like you're losing, you're losing control of your bowels. That's a situation. And if you are, if you are a person with cancer, because then nerve pain with cancer can mean your cancer is spread. If you don't have any of those things, um, you um, you should be okay. Um, stay active, exercise, stretch, and um, pinch nerves. The symptoms can come and go. It's not. It's not. Doesn't have to be just constant. So thank you for that um, question, though. All right. You Danny, do I have more time? Sure, we have about should... a minute or so to go. All right. How about this? Um, please do a show on addiction. Are there any non-traditional procedures that are effective like acupuncture? Well, that's timely. I was just talking to Dr. Gavin Bard in the hallway of the hospital Friday, and he said, do you want to do a show on addiction? <laughs> yeah. So we have a great addiction medicine. I'll consider that and see if we can't put together some topics that might be helpful for that. Um, let's see. Do we have any more Um any more time here? There's you know a lot. What? We just have about thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Oh, how sorry, about, all you how... texters. There's about thirty more of them. <laughs> I'm trying to find one, and we don't have time. How for about any next week's show? Though? About chronic pain management. So you're going to want to listen to that and uh, check us out at myhealthymatters.org on the blog site. And don't forget the state fair coming up the last Sunday in August and the first Sunday in in um, September. We'll see you at the WCCO Broadcast Center at the state fair, seven thirty sharp. Come out, rain or shine. It's going to be a great time. I'd love to meet you. Both open line shows. We'll see you back here next week. Have a great week, everybody. Much In the Twin Cities right now, 62 degrees. Light rain is falling and more to come. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.